0: y'all you're listening to another episode from the hills of west virginia and we're gonna play some games and i always forget how to title these games so this one audrey you're just gonna complete my sentence Um, my
1: favorite kind of ice cream is vanilla with chocolate syrup My favorite board game is? Mm, I usually hate board games, but I'm going to go with Balderdash.
0: (laughs) Always laugh when? Mm, My friend Allie makes a joke. (laughs) (laughs) The season I like best is?
1: Spring and summer. My lazy go-to dinner is? Frozen pizza or spaghetti. My favorite kind of night out is? One night we went uh, hunting for morale mushrooms and picked up dinner and sat by the lake. That was fun. So fun. Did you get any mushrooms? No. No? (laughs) (laughs) We couldn't find any. Where does one look for those? Uh, Well, we went to uh, Kakaipan State Park, which is about 15 minutes from here. That's where we heard they were, but we didn't find them. Next time. The weight of my heart is... Heat. (laughs) (laughs) I like being warm. Ricky Ricky, uh, splits wood and and burns
0: wood is what I mean by that. My favorite holiday is... Easter. My favorite way to work out is... Walk. I can never pronounce...
1: (laughs) Oh, rural. Rural. Oh, that's a good one.
0: (laughs) I'm with you there. If I could travel to, hmm, tomorrow, I would. Hawaii. My personal style is? Relaxed. <laughs> One of my nicknames is? Odd. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. A- A-U-D. Oh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> or Audie. My favorite word in another language is? Um, I'm going to say silwa. It's Latin for forest. Okay, The girl's cool. named a stray cat, silwa. That's cute. <laughs> okay, well, if you could have another pet, it would be? A goat.
0: If I could go backpacking somewhere, I would go Colorado. My favorite kind of chocolate is dark. A four-letter word that starts with B is boat. That's good. <laughs> I don't know why I think a butt, but that does not count. <laughs> if I could sew this, I would a dress. The school subject that I think should disappear is math. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My favorite accessory is I don't like accessories. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, you hat don't. hat. Oh yeah, you do wear baseball hat. hat. Perfect. I could eat this dessert every day. Cookies. And finally, my favorite corner of my home is... The library, I guess is what you call it. Yeah. It's walled with bookshelves. And windows. Yes. You win.
1: You did it. All right. Okay. I wasn't prepared for that game. (laughs) You you threw a new game on me.
0: So this is your five-minute challenge game. All right. I'm going to turn the timer. Do you have a hero? Elizabeth Elliot. If you could become an expert in something, what would it be? Sourdough.
1: What is a book or resource that influenced you? There's a a handful of books that have really changed my life. Mm. Um, I would say, uh, What Did You Expect? by Paul Tripp, Marriage Book. The Freedom of Self-Forgetfulness, Tim Keller. Even Exile, Rebecca Mm. Merkel. I'm going to go with that. Okay. Say two words that describe you. Um, Quiet and... I can't think of another one. (laughs) Chill. Chill. (laughs) wait that's the same no all right what is a
0: pet peeve repetitive noises what's something you're working on in your house home edit project
1: um i want to paint the foyer and um the tv room this summer is there any human that changed the
0: course of your life uh ricky (laughs) (laughs) do you find your uh sock
1: match when you do laundry yes if you're going to write a book what would it be about um probably some sort of basic christian living for women
0: Okay, Um, two musicians on your playlist. Uh, Over the Rhine and Sandra McCracken. What is the best compliment you've ever received? Oh, that's hard. Um, That... I can give good counsel. I'll back that up. What is something you are
1: passionate about? Being a wife and a mother. What are you reading right now? I'm reading, I'm still reading The Tapestry. It's taking mm. me a long time by Edith Schaefer and uh, Little House of the, in the Ozarks by. Well, the, the little short writings of Laura Ingalls Wilder. What is your favorite soup? Well,. I got you with this one. I know. I don't think I have a favorite soup. I did make one recently. It was like a cheesy ham and potato. It was really good. What is your go-to breakfast? Eggs. What is a tradition you all observe in your household? Uh, We hand make ornaments every Christmas. If
0: you had one, do you have a go-to karaoke song? (laughs) mariah carey maybe that would be way too hard yeah i'm thinking britney spears because that wouldn't be as hard
1: a little lower (laughs)
0: yeah what's a fun recipe you've tried apple butter cookies what was your last meal
1: oh this morning misty made a breakfast pizza that was amazing uh last thing you watched on tv Mm, probably ranch to table i think it's on the magnolia network is there anything people sometimes misunderstand about you that uh well in high school a lot people would think that i'm a snob because I'm quiet mm-hmm. and I would, if I cross my arms mm-hmm. and then I'm not saying anything and it just looks like I'm a snob, I guess. <laughs> I promise I'm not. I'm just scared. Do you collect
0: <laughs> anything? Uh, books. Uh, what is a place in scripture encouraging to you? I always like to go back to Psalm
1: 34. Mm-hmm. Look it up. It's a good one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What is the last skill you learned? trying to learn how to garden. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to learn how to do sourdough. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I've learned like it. (laughs) It's in process. Is there something people typically don't know about you? I was in the musical The Music Man my senior year in high school. Oh, man. (laughs) I didn't have a big part. But did you, you sing? Well, I was like a townsperson, okay. so uh, I sang with a lot of other people at the same time. <laughs> that is fun. If you had
0: 10 times your budget, what would you spend it on? A boat. Is there a lie of the enemy you tend to believe? Yes.
1: <gasps> I think uh, there's lots of lies. Right? Do
0: you journal? Um, no. Uh, something in your life more challenging than you expected? Parenting. Yeah. Okay. Ding, ding. Yay. <laughs> Sounds like the bell outside your back door. <laughs> All right, Audrey, um, I just have to say that you uh, have been such an example of bravery and yielding and hope for all who know you. And you just moving from the city into the country and following God and your husband into the unknown is definitely an example to me and continues to be. I can't wait to talk to you about the whole journey of obeying God and what that has been like for you. But before that, do you mind sharing? Um, about this neighborhood
1: and where we're sitting right now. Yeah, so uh, we are in uh, Berkeley Springs, West Virginia. Uh, It's in the eastern panhandle of West Virginia. And we are 10 minutes from Maryland, about 20 minutes from Pennsylvania, Virginia. You Mm -hmm. know, we're really close to all these states. We live on about four acres. We have kind of a large, like, grassy yard area, but Mm -hmm. then woods behind us.
0: Yeah, we're sitting on a hill. Yeah, <laughs> literally. Well, there's a fun attraction in your <clears throat> town. What is it? Tourist attraction? What's water?
1: <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was like what are you talking about? And a president somehow. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah, George Washington's bathtub. Mm-hmm. Uh, the spring. There's the warm springs um, in the middle of town. They're it's, pretty cool. It's neat. Yeah. So, who is in your household here? Uh, Ricky, my husband. Eva is 13. Can and you just say your whole name because it's fun to say. Ricky Love. Ricky Love. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Eva's 13. Aline is 10. And you got... We have a Great Dane. Yes. Lulu. And an embarrassing amount of outdoor
0: cats. (laughs) (laughs) But they're so cute. So tell us about your church, your church plant.
1: Yeah. So um, our church is called Wellspring Church. We started meeting summer of 2020. Great time to start a church. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, So we started in our house the first three months. And um, then we moved to a bar, actually. Yeah. Well, it, was, it wasn't it was an active one. They were going to be opening, but they hadn't yet. And um, one of our neighbor's brothers allowed us to meet there, about one of the only people that allowed us to meet somewhere during that time. So we were there for a while. And then there's a building uh, right in the middle of town. It's called the Rag Shop that has been for sale for a long time and we were by god's grace able to purchase it with with lots of help and so that was over a year ago and a a lot of the guys and some ladies too have been renovating it over the past year so it's really transformed yeah so it's basically it was basically finished easter Mm -hmm. Um, so now we're just enjoying it and just because it's a testimony of god what
0: brought you all here it wasn't a random a random place for you to come and plant a church
1: yeah I mean it was kind of a long process I would say a two or three year process mm-hmm. because we had no intentions of leaving Richmond we thought we would live and die there we love the city we loved our church um, we were just rooted and, and grounded there and I'm trying to remember all the details now. They get fuzzy. Yeah. Oh, I just think it's
0: a great story to tell because even many people that may be a part of Remnant today don't um, know, you know, that your church was sent out from Remnant. So it's part yeah. of our, our whole history together. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, I guess I should add Ricky was one of the pastors at, at Remnant and mm-hmm. Ricky is from here. Um, he moved, his family moved here when, they, when he was about 10. And so he lived here from ages 10 to 20, um, got saved when he was 20. And then he ended up moving and going to Liberty, and then going to seminary in Louisville. But so I think he's always had a heart for this for this town. But anyway, we were in Richmond, and um, I think it got put on his radar. There was a church in Martinsburg that was looking for a pastor. And Martinsburg is about forty-five minutes from here. And another pastor in West Virginia texted Ricky and was like, "You know, hey, this is uh, this opportunity is available. You know, could you ever see yourself?" you know, doing this. And he was just like, text back, no. (laughs) It was just like, not even a thought because we were just so grounded and and rooted here. But then the thought started to nag him a Mm -hmm. little bit, like he couldn't shake it. And he thought of it, he thought of it as just a distraction Mm -hmm. from what God was, you know, wanting to do with us in Richmond. And so he just kind of in passing one day was like, will you pray for me? Like, I just feel very distracted by this. And I just, you know, Don't want to have to think about it. I was just like, sure, you know. But I guess the thought just kept nagging and kept nagging. And then he got a call from a mother of one of his friends that he hadn't talked to in 20 years. And he had overdosed Mm -hmm. and, and died. And the mom was calling Ricky to see if he would come here to do the funeral. And so he did. And the weekend that he was here, it was just pressing on him to just just the burden of the people here wanting there to be just a healthy church and just a gospel presence Mm. here was just really burdening him and so he just thought oh man I'm gonna have to go and after we'd already get more prayer (laughs) well actually I skipped I skipped some things because this is this is what I mean it's getting fuzzy but actually first the Martinsburg thing Mm -hmm. I should say that first he he came to me again and was just like this is this is really bothering me you know I keep thinking about this what do you think and I was like well you know maybe we should be open to what God might be doing and I think he was kind of floored by that because he wasn't expecting that answer from me yeah so I just asked, like, have you talked to the other pastors about it? And and he said no. And I said, well, that'll give you your answer right there, you yeah. know, because we just uh, trust them so much. He went and talked to them, and I think they thought it was worth, you know, exploring. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think he was also kind of shocked, you know, at that. So he, uh, they had the church in Martinsburg had like a pastor search team and all of that, and. Ricky put in his application and it was just a like a six month waiting period, basically. Mm-hmm. So during that six months, it's like, we're just kind of in limbo. Like we have no idea is our whole life about to be changed or yeah. are we um, staying in Richmond? And six months passed and we could kind of see the progress like on their website, you know, mm-hmm. like they would update the, I guess the members maybe on kind mm-hmm. of where they're at in the process and We just hadn't heard anything. Finally, Ricky reached out to them six months later, and they were like, you know, we've decided to go a different direction. And we weren't upset about it at all. We just thought, oh, okay, we have our answer. God wants us in Richmond, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it kind of, we just kind of dug our heels in even more and, um... It kind of solidified our like recommitted, you know, yeah, I guess ourselves there. It was just like, oh, this is what God wants. So then that's when he got the call mm. um, from the <laughs> mom. Yeah, yes, I skipped okay. that whole part. And so he came here and then it started nagging him again. Mm-hmm. So then he was like, okay. So he came back and he's like, this is really bothering me. You know, I just keep thinking about this and I don't know if, you know, what is the right thing? Like, is this from God? Is this mm-hmm. a distraction? Yeah. You know, so he, he uh, talked with the pastors again and they just thought of, you know, through many conversations and prayer and things like that, uh, eventually decided that it was, it was a worthy pursuit to, to come here and and start started Church so so that's what we did we moved in um August 2019 okay. and then Wellspring started the uh, summer of 2020 and you never look back
0: <laughs> yep <laughs> Uh, let's see i guess if you want to start we can start with planning what's the, the desires and dreams that you have
1: well you know we moved here in 2019 and the girls were Aline turned 7 right after we moved here and Eva was 9 and the past almost 4 years it's been like a blink it's just flown by and those sort of middle years for them have flown by yeah. they kind of went by and i didn't even realize it or notice until eva turned 13 and it really mm. shocked me it was like wow and shot up in height yes it's so tall now <laughs> yeah and so i just couldn't it, i couldn't get over the fact that she was 13 and that she'd be 18 in five years. Mm -hmm. And I'm just amazed by that. You know, I'm just like, wow, it really does go fast Mm -hmm. and you don't realize how fast, you know? Yeah. So now that, you know, I think about this, I'm like, we, we could technically be empty nesters in five to seven ish years. In another blink. Yes. (laughs) Which, yes, <laughs> really? Exactly. Honestly, yeah. It, it just feels like no five years seems like nothing, mm-hmm. and so that makes me think like, well, what does this? What's the next stage look like? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to bypass the sure. these next six years or so. But I want to be prepared Mm -hmm. so that um, that time doesn't come and I'm just like, okay, what's going on? What am I doing? You know, Mm -hmm. so I have some thoughts and ideas of things that I could possibly do when that time comes. In the meantime, I mean, we we still have homeschool. I really, you know, want to dig my heels in even more in my relationship with the girls and not just think that because they're older and they're self-sufficient, they don't need me like they, they do need me just as much just in a different way sometimes I look up in my household and I'm like where'd everybody go yeah because <laughs> they're
0: bigger now and uh-huh. they're all doing something yeah exactly
1: but I know that when when they get older and they're starting to move out and things like that whatever I do I just know that I want my if I if I do something to make money or if I have some sort of job mm-hmm. I want it to be flexible enough that I don't have to say no to people constantly mm-hmm. like I don't want to have to say no to my adult daughters. You know, sure. I don't have time for that. I have, like this very strict schedule, you know, yeah. or I don't want to say, you know, eventual grandkids or helping Ricky with what, whatever, saying no to women in the church or mm-hmm. to people who are sick in the church or just extended hospitality, things like that. I want to yeah. have a flexible enough schedule that those things are still most important and what I'm like mostly spending my time on
0: or to even people saying can we come visit (laughs) exactly yeah exactly
1: so what are you thinking about well i have a couple of thoughts um one thing is i love typing oh which is you know funny i'm I'm a little rusty but i Mm -hmm. timed myself one time you could take like a little test to see how fast your typing is so i don't know if you've heard of like a transcriptionist yes but um i think it's actually gotten if i'm correct like a little bit even bigger because everything is online now you have video audio stuff and people who are doing for example podcasts yeah want their audio transcribed because um, it's more easily searchable yeah things like that so did you know
0: um Brittany is doing that for ryan and gareth
1: Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. I'll have to pick her brain about that. Yeah. Um, Let's do a type test. No,
0: I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah.
1: I'm, I'm seriously rusty, but I think I could. I could if with practice, I could get up to speed. That's um, so cool. So that's one idea I had yeah. is is doing something like that, and that would be definitely very flexible. Um, I love
0: that you thought of that. How did you even think of that?
1: Well, my the, I I met a woman who actually does that for a living. Okay. Um, who lives here in Morgan County, and during the lockdowns and all of that, I was just thinking like is there any way that I can make some extra money if I needed to Mm -hmm. and because that's what she did I was asking her questions about it and I was like "Hmm, maybe I should do that but then I just tucked it away I didn't really need to do it at the at that time Mm -hmm. so um I tucked it away for possible future possibilities so who knows Um, so what, what else Um, well, I have a sort of far-fetched dream. Okay. Um, I would love to have an Airbnb. Okay. So, but that's, you know, we don't have money to buy an extra house. Yeah. (laughs) That's why I say it's far-fetched. But there, there's a few ways that it could happen that, and they're still far-fetched, but it's, Mm -hmm. it's possible. So it's just something I'm praying about and holding loosely. You know, I just think it would be super, Fun. This is a great area. Yeah, for Airbnbs, um, people flee here from the city all the time. We're only two hours from Baltimore and DC, mm-hmm. and people are coming here all the time for a weekend or for a vacation or whatever. So I just feel like I would love to have a place where I could make money mm-hmm. with an Airbnb, and also be able to bless people with a place like say friends or family that sure. come into town and place for free that mm-hmm. they could stay or i didn't mention this earlier but we have a art gallery in the front of our building yes it's called Bath Art Gallery. Bath is a, another name for our town. So we have artists. Well, Ryan, then you guys came in October. Yeah. And then we have another artist from Pittsburgh coming in a week, I think. So, so it would just be awesome to have a place for people to stay. Absolutely. And be able to bless them with. So it's just something to kind of think about and pray about. mm mm-hmm. and- I'm just like lord if you want it to happen great are you like a dreamer and schemer like
0: once you get an idea in your head you can't yeah. stop thinking about it like if I, if
1: i <laughs> if if i have a thought or i see something that makes me think of it i just i just start praying about it and and then go on with my life yeah <laughs> we'll see what happens do you ever imagine picking up speech therapy again or that's something that uh, i don't really have a desire for but i feel like i could I could get the desire again Mm -hmm. um, if I started thinking about it more and uh, I'm so out of practice I mean I haven't worked since Eva was born or before that or right when she was born I guess it's been a long time I have not kept up with my continuing ed or anything Mm -hmm. like that so I'm really rusty and out of practice but I think if I were to start thinking about it and studying it again it would be something that I could enjoy, but a much more flexible schedule than what I had. Do people know that about you? Do people come ask you questions like? It's happened a couple of times, but it's not actually something I really think about. Mm-hmm. I don't think of myself as like a speech therapist. It's it's kind of feels like something that was in a past life, you know? You it's sure. Just... Yeah. How do how does all this align with your dreams of your younger years? Like, could you even imagine thinking? These well, things? Well, that's what's interesting is that. I didn't have any dreams. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So actually, you know, it hasn't been until my more later years Mm -hmm. that I actually am becoming more creative or like trying to be more creative and Mm -hmm. have more interest and like try to learn things and try things and think about things and have ideas. And so I've actually just really been enjoying just having the ideas, even if some of them never come to pass. It's just been exciting to be like, oh, I could do this or I could do that or you know, think about have, having to solve different problems with things that I'm trying to learn. And mm-hmm. it's just not something that was a regular part of my life until more recently, you know, more in the last five to 10 years, you know.
0: All right. So I think the creativity piece you mentioned goes right into your sewing stages. And so these are newer things, which you've said that about creativity for
1: you. So what exactly
0: to share about that the creativity?
1: Well, I guess I just never had an interest or a desire to be creative and which made me think because it wasn't a natural inkling or natural desire. I just thought of myself as not creative. I remember I had an aunt a while back a long time ago say to me because I think I said something like oh I'm not very creative and she said yes you are because Mm. you're made in God's image. And he's creative. Hmm. And that kind of stuck with me, but I didn't really do anything about it right away. It wasn't until, I th- honestly, thinking, reading Even Exile okay. that I became really challenged in, in that area to mm-hmm. think more about these things, um, to think about, you know, what I could be doing and what I could be learning and how it could bless others and not just, you know, just doing things to get things done so that I could relax you know, so it was I mean? like a light bulb. Yeah, it really book was. Yeah. And so after reading that, it was like I need to be interested in something, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. I need to figure out something and learn something. And I didn't know what it what it would be because I didn't have this this <laughs> natural like inclination towards anything. It wasn't like I had this amazing passion towards something. It was just like, I just need to start doing something, you know? Do you think you were just curious or like, did you hear it as a rebuke? It was a, that book was challenging to me Yeah, because I knew it was important for me to stay at home and for the home to be a primary focus and for my husband and the girls to be a primary focus And I was content with knowing the what, you know, I was content with knowing that, but I wasn't content. My husband, look, he's looking through the window. Oh my gosh. (laughs) He's making crazy face. (laughs) That's funny. I was content with knowing. Get um, out of here, Ricky. (laughs) Um, Even exile. Yes. But I didn't really understand why, Mm -hmm. but I didn't really have even the thought to know to ask that question. It was just like, oh. This is what God wants me to do and cool, you know, mm-hmm. but I didn't really have a lot of ambition towards anything. It was just like, cool. I'm home with my baby. Yeah. You know, I'm keeping her alive. I'm feeding her, get dinner ready. I'm hoping that she takes a nap so I can watch Oprah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, like that was like my main yeah. goal from day to day. And there, I wasn't really like, like trying to build anything or trying mm-hmm. to like go towards anything or really understanding why any of this was important, you know. And so that book really challenged me because it was like, you can't just sit around and like, Mm -hmm. just, I mean, I was taking care of Eva and I was taking care of the house and things like that, but I wasn't thinking more broadly about it and really understanding what more I could do and how, and how it would impact my family and the people around me. You know, I didn't understand how like beauty, for example, could ground the truth in my family Mm -hmm. you know and how that you know how i make a meal or how i'm getting good better at this or that could really like solidify the truth that i'm trying to instill in the girls you know Something beautiful about that book
0: is just the reminder is, is that as women you're given something and then it's like, okay, make something with this. Mm -hmm. Um, and it is challenging. It doesn't mean it's easy, but it's, it's worth, it's worth the challenge. And did you find that you were surprised?
1: Yeah. I was like, oh, I need to step it up. Yeah. (laughs) That's what I thought. Wasn't Uh there
0: something with your coffee? I remember, I think when you were reading this book, and you were sharing about it and i even want to say that you were the one who recommended it to me and was there something about the way you served coffee does that ring a bell it, no <laughs> that maybe you thought maybe i should make my coffee station hospitable instead of just maybe, like oh yeah. here's a here's a yeah. cup of coffee and then you had this beautiful um i guess maybe it was a dresser you set up nice
1: cups you required nice cups you had like a whole yeah we painted thing. it a crazy color we still yeah. have it in our dining room that's still crazy color yeah um, yeah, I, that, that could have been inspired by mm-hmm. that. I think what, what stands out to me that, ins- that I started doing was I was at the library uh, in Churchill and it was close to the holidays. Mm-hmm. And there were all these um, holiday baking cookbooks being displayed. Mm-hmm. And one caught my eye. It was a, a book about making pie. It was a beautiful book and it caught my eye. And I was like, "Hmm, I'm going to check this out. Maybe I'll be interested in pies. (laughs) So I uh, checked it out and went home and I just read it cover to cover, you know, just like a, like a novel, you know, Uh and she had stories in there, but, um, but I just read it and became super fascinated with making pie. And so Mm -hmm. I just decided to start trying it, you know, and, and I, you know, what's funny is that I'm not really great at any one thing, Mm -hmm. but I just try to try things and just slowly, very slowly get better with stuff over time. But Mm -hmm. it's like, my pies are not going to sell. They're not going to be in a magazine. They're, Mm -hmm. I can't, I have a really hard time making them really pretty things like that. But they, they, really bless my family like they just really love them to the point where one year eva asked for pie for her birthday instead Mm. of kate and um i just thought that was so cool because Mm -hmm. if i had not decided to be interested in that she would not have thought to ask for pie you know so i hope that's something that's you know stands out to them when they look back in their childhood not just pie but just anything that i've decided to try you mm-hmm. know do you think that you're
0: someone that has to be pushed out of your comfort zone does that help you pushes you totally far even moving here I think could be an example of that
1: you know I, what I've learned is like trying things and trying to be creative can be difficult because whenever you are creating something it's usually something that's going to be seen mm. by others that's a great point and yeah. that's scary because then it's open to critique Yeah. You know, and with me, you know, struggling most of my life with like fear of man or people pleasing. It's like it's easier for me to just be like, I don't even want to go there. I would just rather hide Mm. and not have to put anything out there and it be bad, you know, and then open to critique. But um, I've just been learning to find a lot of freedom Mm. in that and and just Learning to be okay with things just being not very good, Mm -hmm. you know, as you learn things and try things and it failing and stuff like that. It's actually been pretty freeing to be like, it's okay, you know, just to, you know, get better at something slowly over time and maybe never even really being an expert at it, but it still blesses people. Yeah.
0: Do you find that sometimes you realize like maybe my assessment of myself or what I've done isn't all isn't necessarily the true assessment like maybe like you said you've made something you're like oh that looks weird and then your family's like this is amazing like
1: yeah you yeah. know do you find that sometimes? yeah uh, that's happened it's definitely happened the other way too where I'm like this is awesome I that. it's all right <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't know I was just thinking how
0: Yeah, we don't always see ourselves fully. So that just, you know, we need other people to help us again, Mm -hmm. um, to see different things. um, And so, like, what does creativity mean to you now? Is it a scary word?
1: It's just been really fun to um, explore different things. Mm -hmm. And there's some things that I've just dabbled in, and, you know, it was Mm short-lived, you know, like sewing um, we tried that for a while. Um, it just didn't stick, but, um, there's other things that have stuck longer. I really want to try sourdough. I tried mm-hmm. it during the winter. Uh, my kitchen always stayed cold. I'm blaming it on that. Yeah. And I just had the hardest time uh, getting a starter going. So once it's uh, more consistently warm in the kitchen, I'm mm-hmm. going to try it again this summer, but, um, What was your question?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I just said, what does creativity mean to you? I feel like all of those years, though, if you were quiet, you probably were observant and stuff was probably just incubating in you. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And now when I look at you, like I said, when I see you get excited about something, it's contagious. So even your pies, like that was contagious to me when you were doing that. Are you
1: still doing that? Yeah, occasionally. Yeah. Especially especially. during the holidays.
0: Yeah. Yeah. and now I just kind of think of you as someone who has an attitude of being like a student.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, um, maybe you won't always get the best grades. I don't even know if that's the way to say it. But yeah. you're just like, okay, I'm willing to to learn this or try this. or,
1: um, Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think, um, you know, ever since, like, moving here, it was happening before, but God has really been... Stretching the things that I've I was already doing and mm-hmm. like ch- challenging me and trying like I'm hopefully growing my capacity mm-hmm. for more of what I was already doing, but also being challenged in brand new things. You know, so yeah. it's um, it's been fun. You know, just to explore those things.
0: Yeah, I guess like another aspect of that question would be. um, linking it back to something that you said I didn't have interests before like do you just see yourself as sort of like awakened like is there just something that sort of enlivened you that you're like oh I can't say that anymore like that's yeah. not m- my story anymore yeah
1: I, I feel like that's the case for a, a lot of things it's mm-hmm. like without Jesus I'm a totally different person yeah I'm a recluse, I'm, um, um, um shy, you know, I'm um, uh, not creative, you know, mm-hmm. all these things. But, you know, I'm an introvert, you know, whatever. But in Jesus, all those things get transformed yeah. and flipped. You know, there might be, um, you know, I, I maybe bend towards a certain way. But um, I think for me and Ricky, like we would both consider ourselves, for example, introverts. Mm-hmm. But people when we meet them are like, no, way. no, you're not an introvert. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, I may be an introvert, but and in my flesh, I may think, oh, I can't go up and talk to that person. I cannot mm-hmm. introduce myself or being around people for a long amount of time, like wears me out and all of that. But in Jesus, I can move towards people mm-hmm. in love and forget about myself, Yeah, you know? And so it, it transforms your, transforms your personality. Yeah. You, know, you can do things that you never thought you could do before. Mm-hmm. Um, and that includes you know, the creative piece too. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about how it doesn't even
0: necessarily need to be a hardcore transformation. It can also be a reliance on the Holy Spirit in a moment.
1: Yeah. Maybe you don't it's even realize you are
0: and the Holy Spirit is actually the power Um, Because ultimately, whatever's good about your character, those are the things that are aligning with Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so all of these things they are not aligning with something else. It's always going to be Jesus, you know, if it's for the good. So the Holy Spirit is behind that, providing the power to do that.
1: Yeah. Um, It was always, it's it's always a process, too. mm -hmm. It's not always just a a quick change, you know. It's just small steps of obedience Mm -hmm. every day that turns out to be a really big change over time yeah and i think about um when we were at remnant Mm -hmm. i used to be really overwhelmed on sunday mornings because it was like a sea of people and everybody would be blurred in my vision and i couldn't figure out like who was new and who wasn't and people were talking together and i would awkwardly like walk up to a circle and you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. like trying to start a conversation or whatever And I wanted to be able to reach out to new people, but it was hard for me to like walk around and see who's new and also um, actually make that step to like introduce myself or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so I learned, um, I always enjoyed sitting in the back or towards the back. Mm -hmm. And I started to realize new people also like to sit in the back, you know. So I just decided I'm going to sit in the back, and when I noticed someone sort of sitting by themselves, feeling also awkward, mm-hmm. you know, and probably new and, you know, hoping someone will talk to them, it was much easier. I could see them. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like a blur of people. Yeah. And it was much easier to go up to them and, and um, say hi, introduce myself, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And that was some, like a first step. You know what I'm saying, and doing those sorts of things. When now it's much easier, yeah. You know, than it used to be. I can, which our church is much smaller, but but I feel like in Christ I can walk up to someone, introduce myself, and make them feel comfortable. And Mm -hmm. even though my heart may be pounding and I, I say really awkward things sometimes, it's like it's okay. You can. You can still do it, you know. It reminds me, I'm reading this
0: book with the kids right now called A Door in the Wall. Sort of the heart of that story is that you never get to the next place until you've gone through this certain door in the wall. Mm -hmm. What you're saying is you had to, you were sitting in the back, and it wasn't like God said, okay, now be the person who sits in the front. You just said, okay, if I'm the back sitter, what can I be doing here? Mm -hmm. And God helped me to see the way that you see the back of the room and like who's around me and it reminds me of yeah the door in the wall because then when you obeyed him in that moment when you realize that Jesus is at work no matter where you are then it enabled you to go to the next go through the door and, mm-hmm. and go to the next place that he had for you and something about that book that I really love it's a really short book but I um, it's about a kid who does some really amazing things but he never got to those things without doing the thing that was right in front of him like right. he had to do the thing in front of him and he definitely could not see what was coming and of course he saves the castle and so on and so forth. But mm-hmm. um, he had to start doing some really challenging things. So you just said it wasn't easy necessarily. And you probably had to confront some kind of inner voice every mm-hmm. Sunday. Mm-hmm. I'm imagining. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe yeah. not. But and now maybe that's not voices that you have
1: to listen to mm-hmm. anymore. It's the same thing with, with hospitality. It's oh, okay. like if someone, you could look at anybody's life, like mm-hmm. step into the middle of their life and see what their life like is, what their life is like in Christ yeah. right at that moment. Mm-hmm. But you don't see all the things that led up to that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And how, yeah. like if, if someone is doing like, say, some big hospitality on mm-hmm. a regular basis, you know, you could look at them and be like, they just must have always been doing this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. And you don't see that, you know, it started with, you know, having one person over once, every once in a while, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And just slowly building your capacity and building that up over time. To the point where what's amazing about it is that your children
0: are just going to assume the, the way they, that you and Ricky live your life. And- they're going to assume the pie and they're going to assume, you know, the guests and the, and your vision probably isn't for an Airbnb, isn't probably strange to them at all. Like, why would mom do that? That sounds crazy. It's like, Oh, that makes sense. Of course we love people. Mm-hmm. I don't know, which
1: is a beautiful legacy to carry forward. It cracks me up. Cause yeah. now um, when we have people over, the girls are really involved too, and they help out. And um, Eva said one day, how did you do this before us? Like before before they were able to help. (laughs) And I just
0: laughed and I was like, I have no idea. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Just one last question before we move on, but I'm thinking about, so did you find that there was an aspect of like raw obedience or did you find that you had to care first? Like what, did you see an interplay between those two things in trusting the Lord? When I say obedience, I mean trust really.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah, I think it's easy sometimes to, try to wait for a certain feeling before you feel like you can do something. Mm-hmm. It's like I, I'm waiting for this passion or I'm waiting for this certain type of um umph, you know, yeah. to to do something. And some people have a lot of, you know, that naturally. Or just when it comes to simple obedience, mm-hmm. you know, waiting for some sort of feeling to take that step, you know. But I think a lot of the time we need to just decide to do something. And like, I just decided to be interested in pie. I wasn't necessarily interested in it. Mm -hmm. I just picked something and went with it. And now my feelings align with pie. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It's like... (laughs) And my stomach. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, So when it comes to obedience, you know, I think that trains our emotions to... I guess a lot of people, it's easy to think that it's not genuine mm-hmm. if if um, you're not feeling the obedience. Well, interplay in that with trust, like obedience, trust. It's hard to get right. different angles on that diamond. Yeah. I mean, that's how you're going to obey is really trusting yeah. God, trusting his word, um, trusting what he says. and when I really am putting my trust in him, then I can take that step forward. I can walk in obedience and then allow my feelings to catch up, Mm -hmm. like allow my feelings to, to fall. I can actually train my feelings. Like feelings are good Mm -hmm. when they're aligned with, with God's word, but we can't wait for our feelings to do the leading. Mm -hmm. You know, we have to bring them along and say, this is the way God's going. We got to, catch up, you know? (laughs) And so as you're doing this, it's
0: not like God is silent. Like he said something and you heard it once, there's got to be a constant calling and wooing to you. So when you're doing this, what are some things that that you heard God saying to you? Because there'd be a relationship to your trusting him in growing. I guess I'm trying to say God isn't not alive in this process with you. Yeah.
1: I mean, I just think being heavily in God's word, Mm -hmm. you know, because... I keep using hospitality as an example, but that's commanded Mm -hmm. in scripture. So I don't have to wait to pray or to like see if, I mean, there's there's different ways hospitality can be done. It doesn't have to be done in the exact same way amongst Mm -hmm. all families, you know, but the hospitality itself is commanded. So I can get together with my husband and us decide, what is this going to look like, you know, in our family? Mm -hmm. How are we going to obey God in this? But know that this is what God wants and me following my husband and his vision for our family and, and yeah. what we're trying to do. And so I can see what God says in his word, mm-hmm. you know, and just bank on it, yeah, you know, and just, I, I know this is what he says, so let's do it, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah. so having that regular, it's like going, going to church on Sunday, mm-hmm. like, or going to community group. It's a regular part of the rhythm of your life mm-hmm. and, Um, you get to the point where you don't think about it anymore. You're not, you're not trying to evaluate how you feel about it. Mm -hmm. You just do it, you know, and then you realize you have a lot of joy because of it, you know. It's like a chair you keep sitting down on,
0: (laughs) you know, like you said, you don't think about it. We just sat down in this chair, um, trusting in it and yeah, you're just trusting in God's commands to you. Um, that's cool.
1: Yeah. You can't say that you trust that the chair will hold you up, but then not sit on it. Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like you're you're gonna show your trust by actually sitting on it Mm -hmm. you know what i appreciate about your story though is that it was true
0: that you didn't have quite the light shown on like maybe fully what it meant to follow god or how god made women to participate in hospitality and so when the light was shown on that you responded Mm -hmm. I just think that that's a really beautiful aspect of even being a woman to respond to God, to yield to him. It's like, oh, I didn't know that before. And it seems like God's done that throughout your story. It's like he keeps shining lights along the path and keeps opening you up to the point where now like I can only think of the word like you're enlivened, I guess. Mm -hmm. And then I love that you brought joy into that aspect. Um, Yeah, definitely. You don't look mad about having us all here. No, (laughs) I love it. All right, so you're watering some stuff, not only your literal garden behind my back in the yard, but so what are some tending things, stewarding things, things you're praying about?
1: Well, um, Eva is a teenager. Aline is following close behind. And, you know, those early years are really about establishing your authority under God, mm-hmm. you know. And and as as they grow older, and I assume in these teenage years, as they, you know enter adulthood, you're just trying to cultivate more and more a friendship because we're going to be, I think about it, we're going to be actually friends with our kids longer than we but, were Yeah, yeah. like in those the 18 years of being, sure. you know, under your house. And so I'm just trying to figure out what does it look like to continue and grow a friendship with them? Mm-hmm. I want them to be able to feel, um, like they can talk to me about things and come to me about things and just that's kind of my big focus. And the, if you think about the a child's life broken up into three, six year segments, yeah. you know, um, we're like entering into that last six years. Mm. And so I'm just trying to be creative and think about how can I draw them out? How can I um, really cultivate a deep friendship with them mm-hmm. that will last the rest of my life, you know. So, what are the ways that you're tending to that? Well, one I one idea I had for this summer, I want to put together a summer reading list for them, mm-hmm. and I wanna I want to put on there just some really enjoyable good fiction, but I also want to sprinkle in there just some you know, especially Eva, she's able to handle a little more. Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't know what yet, but maybe some sort of book that will spark conversation, just more spiritual things. And what I would like to do is take a walk with them one-on-one, you know, switch them like every other week or something. I feel like walking gives an opportunity to talk easier because you're not like face-to-face staring at each other. It gives you, I don't know, it's easier just to let things out. So I don't know if I'll use the books as a jumping off point, And I, I want to also open up slowly more to them, just the struggles I've had, mm-hmm. you know, in, a, in an appropriate way over the years. And kind of as, you know, they're getting older, bring them into that also and make them feel like they can talk to me about things. And um, and I'm hoping the consistency over time, you know, yeah. over the summer will allow them just to feel You know, I mean, different personalities, you Mm -hmm. know, are more open than others, you know, but um, just hopefully I can grow and cultivate that friendship. Well, something even
0: about the walking aspect makes part of friendship is being side by side. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So instead of, you know, being you're literally walking in a side by side motion. Towards the goal, I know it sounds super cheesy and like maybe over the top analyzing, but so you're doing something in this sort of equilateral way that maybe sitting across from your child might just in their subconscious make you feel not on that friendship relationship yet. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think that's kind of cool, and something else is reading with them. You're doing a shared experience. Mm-hmm. So you are doing uh, thinking creatively about that with them. There's something this year that my kids and I did. We memorized a certain passage of scripture together, and I did not expect my kids to be so delighted about me having to take my turn and stand up in front of them, like memorizing with them too. And I, I honestly... It wasn't until after this school year has been almost out that they are like overjoyed, like, mom, go, mom, go, your turn, mom. Like they're <laughs> all in it. And I just think that shared experience impacted me a lot more, like putting myself on the beam block in a way mm-hmm. just like they are, mm-hmm. doing it with them learning with them. Yeah, that's great. I treasure it. So mm-hmm. what what else you got? How oh, can I ask you one question? Yeah. I'm sorry. Do you feel pressure about that? Because you said a lot of choices maybe in your past were filled with anxiety, but with your girls growing up, do you feel like maybe God has lifted that from you or do you feel a certain pressure? Well, um, um you're jumping ahead to weeding. Oh, okay.
1: Oops. <laughs> Can't talk about it. Okay. We'll we save it. We'll save it. Okay. Go back to <laughs> your watering. Okay. Um, yeah, I think I always just want a better prayer life. I'm always trying mm-hmm. to figure out what that what that could look like. Deeper trust, deep, you know, taking God at his word, mm-hmm. you know, always just growing in that. But I think prayer life, you know, like a focused time of prayer mm-hmm. for sure. And also just, you know, I talk to God during the day, of course, but... I think sometimes you can get wrapped up in all the things you have to do. Yeah. And then I just, time has passed and I'm like, I could have just been been talking to God this whole time, you yeah. know? And just having that regular relationship, active, mm-hmm. constant relationship and relying on Him. Do you have prayer cards
0: anymore like you used to? Or verse you cards? You know what,
1: I should do that. Yeah, Put verses on note cards and have them around the house just to remind me. That's a good idea. Yeah.
0: Is there someone that, inspires you that prays a certain way or at a a certain rhythm of prayer that sort of brought to your attention?
1: I long for that. Actually, Ricky. Okay. Yeah. He, he has a super disciplined prayer life. Mm. Um, he has a whole list of people he prays for Mm -hmm. every day of the week, you know, like a different list for each day of the week. And so he has a very focused time of prayer every morning and he prays for me and the girls every single day but then Mm -hmm. there's different people he prays for different days and um, that's always super challenging for me and that's just something that i've I've tried to emulate but need to continue to get better at Um, but he also has a very just like i'm talking about just relational prayer life with god just during the day Mm -hmm. you know just constantly Talking to God yeah. <laughs> during the day. So I would say it's it's been him that's pushed me towards yeah. that, just from observing. Why do you think this is grabbing your attention now? Do you think? I'm not sure. Yeah. Um I think it probably always has, mm-hmm. but I think this question actually <laughs> made yeah. me think of it more like it's something I'm always trying to do. But this question sparked it too. And I was like, I really it, it's reminding me, like, oh, yeah, let's get better at that, you know? Mm-hmm. The beautiful part of this is, like we were talking
0: about before, if you're obeying God, like, good things are from Him, and we just have to obey Him, and it's prompting in the moment, like, His still quiet voice to do this. And so it, I think it's going to be amazing to see what He does with your obedience and trust mm-hmm. to be praying more for certain things. and Yeah, realizing yeah. To,
1: that can be specific, too, mm-hmm. in prayer
0: yeah. Sometimes it feels weird to me to do that, mm-hmm. like at ultra in the moment, but yeah. So <laughs> training and pruning, we got to keep going. Okay.
1: Are you, do you have a question? You just want me to go for it? Uh, Well,
0: the classic,
1: what doesn't feel good right now, but is good. Yeah. Um, When thinking about this, what came to mind was, you know, I think the hardest thing for our whole family mm-hmm. um, has been moving here. In some ways it's been easier but in other ways it's it's been very difficult and I think the difficult things have been just moving away from our friends I think at times it can feel isolating um I feel I think guilty sometimes because I can you know we can make the decision me and Ricky for us sure but we've made the decision for the girls to pull them out of that thriving community Mm -hmm. that they loved and still love and so just trusting God with that you can see that it Me upset, but yeah, um, just trusting God with
0: that, Uh yeah. So, when you look out, you have a pretty fantastic view from your house, and I don't even know how to turn this into a question. It's almost like you're forced to always have scope on your vision. It's interesting if I wish I could take you all here to what I'm looking at. It's almost like you can't even see anything right in front of your face (laughs) when I'm sitting up here at your house or standing or on the top of your hill, it's like, it just reminds me of how God sees, like, the scope, the stretch, the breadth. He knows what's under every single tree that I'm seeing, or the sky is so big here. In a way, I feel like I'm, like, cupped in God's hands. Mm-hmm. I don't know, and that you're sitting here in that situation. Yeah, yeah
1: it's it's
0: beautiful mm-hmm. here, and
1: it's you're constantly reminded about um, the beauty of God because mm-hmm. it's just right there in front of you mm-hmm. all the time. So, yeah, I think it being with... At Remnant, and when I say at Remnant, I mean like with the people. You know, that's where Ricky and I—I I think I already said this—but um, it felt s- safe to us because, I and mean, I'll—I'll say to me specifically because when we have when we, when we had a rough time in marriage or rough time in parenting, it w- there was just such a big source of wisdom, you know, to lean on. Um, and and it is through. Conversation and also just watching, mm-hmm. you know how people do things, and we just loved it there and have such good friendships. And so I feel like we've we're sort of isolated out here a little bit. In some ways, it's it's really brought me and Ricky a lot closer together because. Yeah. Um, we've just had each other and it's not I mean we still talk to people are encouraged by people from a distance and keep in touch and things like that but I would say that's that's the hardest thing is the leaving those friendships yeah so part of training and print or
0: not pruning, I guess the training is that whatever the plant is it has a habit that's going to be changed by the gardener so what habits do you think that god was like changing in you
1: i mean i think all i I think in marriage and parenting also Mm -hmm. because especially that first year or two we were here we left you know like i lived two blocks from megan Pyle, for Mm -hmm. example and it was just so fun and so easy just to for us to get together Mm -hmm. all the time and we would you know do school together, like have our families eat lunch together, or um walk to the park, walk to the library, walk to the coffee shop, or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it may be. Or we lived so close to Misty at the time. We could walk to Misty's and um do a sewing class and mm-hmm. we could walk to Rebecca Wash's house and have recess. And, you know, it was just mm-hmm. like always um something going on and something that we could be a part of. And so I think we've really had to those first couple of years of moving here, it was like there was nothing but us, yeah, you know, and we just had to really like lean in on each other and rely on each other and things like that. Mm-hmm. And you
0: said though now like your your relationship with Ricky is stronger and in a way it's probably been necessary for what God is doing in your life now for you guys to have that mm-hmm. strong, yep. strong tie, strong unity. Um, so I'm thinking of like Titus has The book of Titus in the Bible, (laughs) not random Titus (laughs) on the street, (laughs) has women teaching other women, like, where are you, do you think in this, where do you see yourself in the line? Because you've shared how important it is for you to have been taught by other women, but now I see you, you know, you're pastor's wife in this place. And I can imagine you have a lot of women looking to you. How do you feel in that?
1: Yeah, I would say it's always both. Mm -hmm. You know, you're always the older woman and the younger woman. Yeah. You know, because you're always um, learning from others. And as you are learning, you have something to give, Mm -hmm. you know, and so you, you learn and you receive and you get wisdom and you grow and then you have something to, to give in return, you know or to give to someone else who, who needs it. And then they are able to take that and continue that on. Yeah. Do you think it's important to be
0: aware of that? I'm thinking that probably now, like you said, you're in this circumstance where you're probably more aware of like the giving out and maybe even more aware and thankful of what you've received and so on and so forth. Do you mm-hmm. think it's important for women to actually think about their relationship in the receiving wisdom and then also giving it?
1: Yeah, and I think there's so much we can there's so much we can receive mm-hmm. from other people just through being around other godly women. I mean, you may be able to be around someone who is maybe not as far along in their walk, but there's still things to learn from them. Mm-hmm. You know, you can um, whether it's practical or it's just their personality or their demeanor or ways of doing things or just spiritual wisdom also. Um, I think there's always things to to be learning from other people. I like to observe. I like to see and watch how people do things. And then the, the good and godly things that I see, I just try to emulate, you know. Yeah.
0: It's like, I don't even know, you didn't put this on your notes, but it just entered my head of how not being aware of pride in one's life can keep you from this beautiful giving and receiving relationship. Yeah, uh, it's definitely, pride ever oh, definitely. I
1: mean, you definitely have to constantly put that to death mm-hmm. um, because, I mean, I think we all know women like to compare and yeah. we're prone to be insecure or just think, oh, they're they're better than me at this or that or whatever, mm-hmm. I think it's an active killing, you know, yeah. every day of, of pride, you know, cause when you're really thinking about how, um, it's not really about you, you know, it's about how you can glorify God, then it, it doesn't matter how good you are and compared to other people in comparison to other people, you can look at them and learn from them Mm -hmm. and be like, okay, they're good at this or that. You know, how can I learn from that? How can I grow? And, and laugh at when you're flailing, you know what I mean? And, and just, just laugh that you tried something and it was, it failed and just try again. Because when the focus is God and not you, it reminds me the freedom of self-forgetfulness. It's like when you forget yourself, then it's so much more fun. Yeah. And (laughs) the standard isn't, Hey, look at that lady. God,
0: that's whose image you're being conformed to. It's the standard is Christ. Right. That's whose image
1: you're being conformed to.
0: So of course you're not going to try to push yourself because she's actually in the process of that transformation. Yeah.
1: And you can learn from other people, but your life isn't a copy and paste of Mm -hmm. someone else's life. Mm -hmm. You can take what they what they do or what good is in them and then apply it to your own life in yeah. whatever way. Cause you have, there's so many different circumstances. People have different resources. People have different husbands, you know, different children, different stages of life. It's impossible to copy and paste. And that's not what God's called us to anyway. Yeah. Um, so we can learn from others and take ideas from other people, but Mm -hmm. we don't have to look at someone's life and be like, I have to do exactly that, (laughs) you know? Yeah. So this is probably, it's okay if you don't want to talk about this, but
0: if you would, what are some reflections you have on loneliness? Hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, there's definitely been seasons of loneliness Mm -hmm. off and on, but since we've been here and, um, I think for all of us and sometimes it'll hit when you least expect it you know mm-hmm. it's like you're you're busy and you're doing stuff and you're working at stuff and you you're getting you're encouraged and then bam like yeah. just a sense of just loneliness or missing people you mm-hmm. know hits i can't tell you much more than that i mean we just keep on keeping on you know mm-hmm. we um focus just try to focus on the lord and you know me and ricky will just maybe mention it to each other and pray mm-hmm. and things like that Yeah. Well, I guess one reflection that I would have just looking at your life
0: is that you've learned to keep moving forward, as you just said, when you have a felt sense of the absence of something. So maybe even just changing the wording from like reflections on loneliness to reflections on absence. So are there like places maybe where you've seen an absence teach you something? Because like you said, you're able to look at it, feel it, but then keep going.
1: I don't know. I mean, it hasn't Mm -hmm. been um, an overwhelming thing. And Mm I, you know, there's just, there's spurts of it. I think God has provided in ways even that we least expect just to help you, you know, keep going Mm -hmm. and almost forget that you're lonely until, you know what I'm saying? Until it Mm -hmm. hits again. So for example, um, during COVID, one of my friends who's a part of our church, she is a teacher and her daughter is, her age is right in the middle of Eve okay. So she has just been like equally both their friend. Mm-hmm. And during when kids weren't allowed to go to school, um, the teachers still had to go, but the okay. students weren't. So she asked me to watch her daughter, mm-hmm. I think it was like three days a week. And we hadn't really been here for that long. So we were really feeling that isolation, mm-hmm. you know at the beginning, I think having her here during that school year, Mm -hmm. three days a week was such a blessing to my girls. It was just like a way that God was like, here, let me give you Mm -hmm. a friend, you know? Yeah. And so that lasted pretty much that whole school year. And then I would say, like I said, in the last episode, uh, the Hanes that moved here, that's just been another way that God has provided kind of a a remedy to loneliness, you know, yeah. they've been such, um, a blessing and good friends to us. Mm-hmm. And, and again, like I said, I can just laugh a lot with Allie and she lightens any room, you mm-hmm. know, she makes things fun. So, mm-hmm. and I, it's cool too, because I see, uh, my girls really like her and I just think that's neat because they, Laugh or tell mm-hmm. stories, you know, like oh, Ali said this, da 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 da. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I love that because she's a godly Christian woman that they can look to, you mm-hmm. know. Besides me, <laughs> yeah. And and so it's like God providing really tangible ways to help us, yeah. So that confession
0: back to your kids. <laughs> I'll ask the question again: Do you ever feel pressure? Um, with your, with your girls or worry or anxiety.
1: Yeah. When I was thinking about the weeding, one of my, one of, (laughs) one of my biggest struggles would be parenting. It's Mm -hmm. like the best thing ever, Mm -hmm. but also the hardest thing Mm -hmm. that I've ever done. But I think I am making it way harder on myself than it needs to be. And I think that's because, um, parenting more out of fear than faith most of the time. And so I'm constantly in fear of, you know, is their relationship with Christ going to be sustained, you Mm -hmm. know, throughout their life? You know, what's going to happen with them? Are they going to marry godly men or, you know, I just worry about them. But what happens is that worry comes out in a parent that's not very fun. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's just like, if you're parenting out of fear, then... You're just not very fun to be around. Mm So I'm constantly trying to remember to, it goes back to the prayer Mm -hmm. thing, you know, constantly trying to remember to parent in faith, you know, Mm -hmm. and rely on God and actually talk to him about the different things that go on during the day and how I can handle this or that. And so, yeah, yeah. you, (laughs) it was funny when
0: you sent me your notes and I asked you what you were weeding or confessing and then you did a really long list of descriptive words about yourself and I was like oh my (laughs) (laughs) god!"
1: you want to read that sure Mm um yeah I said something that God is always Mm -hmm. weeding out of me Mm -hmm. from the time I became a Christian and probably will last for the rest of my life is Mm -hmm. insecurity and fear of man and you know, this is what I said on here from as young as I can remember. I've been insecure, indecisive, people pleaser, unsure, <laughs> and socially anxious. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> so um, God has uh, definitely brought me a long way, like mm-hmm. a very long way. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's always more lurking down in my heart that he wants to weed out. So yeah. um, that gets revealed. And I call it divine discipline. That. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that he is he's doing in my life and sanctification in this area and it's always not fun you know it's all the the weeding is never fun it's always difficult but afterwards there's always a little bit more freedom that I've gained in Christ and a a little bit more joy and and it's just amazing and it makes it all worth it and I'm like thank you well Um, definitionally if you're weeding if you think of a garden you've
0: got room to grow you've got room Mm, for the grain to go out you've got room you said joy I just think of that the flower popping open and leaning fully into the sun and being what it's made doing what it's made to do like you know being all that it's called to be and if the so many weeds are there it's not gonna receive the fullness you know
1: yeah that's so true I like that
0: of the Sun so are there maybe ways in your life that you shied away from weeding that do you feel like you're a little more like okay God I, I understand what's going on now mm-hmm. are you, do you th- feel like you're more yielding to discipline
1: <clears throat> mm. well I remember a specific prayer I had I remember we were I guess it was about four or five years ago mm-hmm. I basically prayed like Lord whatever you have to do to get this out of my life, Mm. like, do it. But at the same time, I was like, but I don't want to go through anything hard. (laughs) (laughs) So I I just wanted God to zap me and be like, healed. (laughs) You know (laughs) what I mean? Um, And so I knew that prayer was dangerous because um, I was willing, but I was also, like, bracing myself Mm -hmm. because I didn't want to go through anything difficult. It was... I won't give the details, but it was probably just some months after that I hit a really difficult season mm-hmm. where I'm very, was very challenged in this area and it lasted a good while and I look back on that and I'm I'm on the other side of it now sure. um, and I can see the fruit that was produced from it and I'm so thankful for it, mm-hmm. but I'm like, I don't oh, think I'm going to pray that prayer for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> I want to take a break. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Was that something that you walked through in loneliness? Um, you mean like by myself walking mm-hmm. through it? I would say I, I definitely, I walked through it with Ricky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he definitely helped me in that area. And, and definitely some other ladies too. But um, I would say this time around, like really, it was a little bit different This time around, but um, because it was a lot of me and God and scripture and like internal wrestling and repentance, daily repentance Mm -hmm. and daily fighting my own sin and things like that but also you know talking with ricky about it and things like that i think in the past i was leaned heavily on other ladies which was good and needed for that time but this time around was a little bit different so what was the exchange that was made you went from fear to oh i just i think of like freedom and and joy Mm -hmm. you know the the two words that come to mind i don't want to just you know, you know, you can say the word, but to you, you have understanding of what it actually tangibly yeah. means. Yeah, <laughs> I don't yeah. know. When you're hyper, uh, I mean, insecurity is just a form of pride. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's just a form of thinking about yourself all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, so when you're doing that, you're very conscious about other people, yeah, and what they think about you or how they see you or stuff like that, and it it makes you feel really chained up and bound up but so when I think of freedom I think of being able to do things without thinking about that yeah. you know what I mean thinking yeah. about how I'm being perceived or you know what people think what people think you know not that it's totally gone I mean it's, sure. a, it's something I think I'll probably always have to fight but yeah. um, so definitely more freedom in that and then when you have freedom in that area you have a lot of joy Yeah, <laughs> you know because if you're hyper thinking about yourself all the time it's just it's it's just not a good place to be it's depressing <laughs> yeah so what did god reveal to you about
0: himself because ultimately that's the only thing that can really take your eyes off of yourself it has
1: to be the upward that he's a, he's enough mm-hmm. you know oh what is that verse let's see if i can remember it i think it's in proverbs mm-hmm. it says uh, com- the common person is a vapor an important person, an illusion. And I just think about that. And I'm like, when you really believe that mm-hmm. and, you, and then you put God in his proper place, you know, you know that book when, when people are big and God is small. Yes. Um, it's like he's the only one that matters. And the thing is, is he sees you mm-hmm. for who you truly are. Yeah. And that's not pretty. You know what I'm saying? Like he sees the ugliest of the ugliest. Mm -hmm. He sees all the things that you try to hide. He sees all everything, Yeah. but he doesn't pull away from me and like wince. You know what I'm saying? He's not like, oh, I don't, I don't want to be, you know. He's the one trying to get your face to turn towards his. (laughs) Right, exactly. He's actually um, moving towards me, Mm -hmm. you know, in love and forgiveness and grace mercy he sings over us and delights over us and he does that when he knows and sees everything Mm -hmm. you know like how that that brings you so much freedom Mm -hmm. to not worry about who cares what other people see yeah it's way worse than what they see (laughs) yeah I don't know this is personal but before we move on is there like
0: a specific uh you had to probably to experience joy and the burden like there had to be a repentance moment. Is that something that you maybe didn't realize that you had to do before?
1: Um, say repentance. there have been big moments of repentance, mm-hmm. but it's also a daily mm-hmm. thing, you know it's noticing when things are creeping up um, in your heart and remembering the truth, remembering yeah. the gospel yeah. you know and turning away from i think i think of it like this you have idols you know that you're trying to get your your significance your value your hope from Mm -hmm. and it's turning away from believing that those things are going to give that to you Mm -hmm. and turning towards christ who really is that for you so that's what repentance looks like you know Um, and obviously that works out practically in a lot of different ways. But. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of what you were saying too earlier about
0: is that we can look at, as women, each other, and just assume things were always the way they were, and that's not accurate. And so you're just even sharing how joy that you have now, it didn't necessarily come for free. Like <laughs> there's a story to and something solid that you're standing on that's yielded um, this in your life. And yeah. Yeah. So your harvest... What is this harvest (laughs) that you've been living in?
1: Yeah, I would say um, I'm just so thankful for my marriage. It's just been such a gift. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we've had a couple of uh, pretty rough seasons in 15 years, but, you know, Ricky has been steady through all of that, and Mm -hmm. God has allowed us to repent when necessary and grow closer to each other over the years. And so marriage, I feel like, for us has really been I just I I really hope this for all like Christian marriages and Mm -hmm. I know it's it's not an automatic thing and marriage can be hard and it's it takes time and you know repentance and loving God above all else but marriage is just such a overall source of joy and comfort and peace and friendship and I just think what a gift that is and and a, a difficult world, mm-hmm. you know, and all this crazy stuff is is going on to be able to have that is just so precious mm-hmm. and and I do really see it as a gift, you know because if left to myself, <laughs> I would have destroyed yeah. our marriage long ago. but because God's kind and he sanctifies us and helps us to work through things and mm-hmm. that our marriage has turned into this just beautiful gift that we mm-hmm. just really
0: enjoy you know so the prompt in the harvest section is answered prayers god's faithfulness everyday graces and victories so which one of those would you pull on when you
1: think about your marriage wow i would say all of them yeah. <laughs> i really would yeah well, pull um, on one describe how um i would say god's faithfulness because like i said if if left to my own self and my own sin um and just doing things my own way, I would have messed up this gift that God has given me. But God's faithfulness in Him pursuing me and sanctifying, well, I would say both of us, you know, sure. pursuing us and sanctifying us and pushing in, in the areas that don't feel good, mm-hmm. you know, and just normal sanctification. The Lord allowed and worked in those ways so that He didn't just leave us to ourselves i guess is what i'm trying to say you know he made sure that we were going to be faithful to his faithfulness has allowed us to be faithful to each Mm -hmm. other and to him so
0: a harvest means that there was a long period of time where where you were waiting for it you know what i mean so that's how a harvest works so how has this been a labor over many years just keep pulling on that
1: (laughs) yeah, a lot of people say the first year is the hardest. Mm-hmm. Um, that actually wasn't the case for us. Um, it was more like the second and third years that uh, mm-hmm. we really hit hit a wall. And then we had, you know, we had to work through that and got you know, counsel from people and definitely got help through that. And then things got better and and then I would say, hit another rough spot later on and also got through that. I'm sure, I mean, 15 years really isn't a very... I keep saying 15. I'm just rounding. It's 14. Yeah. But, um, it's really a short amount of time compared to a lifetime together. Yeah. So I'm sure we're, we're not done with, yeah. <laughs> you know, some difficult times. But um, I don't remember the question. No, that's okay. I was just
0: <laughs> saying the harvest doesn't come out of nowhere. Um, it's a yeah. long labor.
1: Yeah. I think it's kind of what I was saying. It's like God is constantly trying to make you more like Him. Mm-hmm. And so... In sanctification, he's through difficulty. He's doing that yeah. in both of you, the husband and the wife mm-hmm. in marriage, and weeding things out, and then you get to enjoy the harvest of that. But then there's more. <laughs> there's more work to be done yep. as you know, making us more like Christ, and um, and so then you get more joy and more freedom in marriage, and mm-hmm. get to enjoy each other more. And when you're when you're really loving God above all else, then you can love the other person better. So what would you say to yourself in the past as an encouragement? Um, um, I would say just during those difficult times, just, uh, bank on God's word, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean the good times too, obviously, but we, there's subtle lies that we're being told constantly. Mm -hmm. Either we're telling ourselves or the world is telling us. Yeah. And, um, If we're not in God's word, we're just going to be led astray really easily. I wanted to ask you how important to you are God's promises? (laughs) Are there certain ones that you cling to? Mm. I know Psalm 34 has been, I would probably have to pull it up, but Mm -hmm. it's been a really big encouragement to me. Mm -hmm. Look it up. It's really good. (laughs) You'll be encouraged too. (laughs) I'm just
0: thinking of the harvest, if if that's the section that we're in, an important uh, component of being that gardener or farmer or whatever the person involved in this is is hope and the promise and you just said something about banking on god's didn't you say something about Um, banking on god's God's word word. Mm -hmm. yeah so that just made me think of his promises
1: yeah definitely
0: and if you don't know what they are then that's why i need my note cards around yeah then what do you look for to when yeah your feelings fail you or or all of those things yeah Mm -hmm. so yeah, we need that. Well, thank you, Audrey, for sharing. Uh, yeah. Again, I'll just ask you one more time. Is there anything else that you wanted to, to bring out in our time together? I don't think so. Okay, <laughs> awesome. Well, that's a wrap.
1: What did you bring to share? Um, well, I actually had this kind of cool opportunity to speak at a women's conference in April at a church in Morgantown, okay. West Virginia. And um, I was asked to speak about... Basically, what does worship and obedience look like practically in a woman's life, you know, in everyday life? And they wanted me to break down different areas like authority, obedience, labor, and wealth. And as I was thinking about this and and writing it, I just couldn't get over the example that the remnant ladies have been in my life, Mm -hmm. you know, and their counsel, their, and just the way they live their lives, um, has instilled to this day from afar Mm -hmm. is a big Mm -hmm. example to me. And so towards the end of the talk, I sort of painted a picture of what this could look like, Mm -hmm. you know, in a woman's life. So as an encouragement, I thought I would, I would share that because it is about the remnant ladies. So, um, okay. I was always so encouraged and challenged by the many women back at our church when we lived in Richmond. Let me paint a picture for you. Not all of these women have the same resources, gifts, or desires, but they take what they have and run with it. Their lives are centered on blessing others. They start at home and create truth, goodness, and beauty for their families or those closest to them. They have children or children around them that are growing up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Children knowing from a young age who they are, who made the world, and what they're here for. Mothers and spiritual mothers who show them the gospel by being a living, breathing example of what loving sacrifice looks like, laying down their lives for others, not because they're superwomen with no struggles, but because the loving sacrifice of Jesus has changed them to their core. These women joyfully create beautiful homes and meals and experiences for their people and the people around them. They incarnate the love of Jesus by making love real and tangible. Jesus is God who became flesh after all. You walk into the homes of these women and the atmosphere is thick with the aroma of christ it's bright cheerful and things are happening it's not a home merely of consumption but of production it doesn't stop there though these same women use their gifts and desires not to make a name for themselves but to further bless their families in the world beyond they create and sell art in its various forms some have their own businesses i know single women who pour themselves out for their church at their job and in their homes empty nesters who give of their time and resources to their children, grandchildren, and also to their spiritual children in the church. Some are caring day after day for their aging parents. There are numerous women who help their own children or the children around them to learn new skills and start little businesses. They help their husbands start and run businesses as well like schools, coffee shops, and art galleries. These women teach their children and help teach other children how to read, write, do math, how to think, ride a bike, jump rope, be kind, forgive, work hard, be selfless and self-controlled, love and obey God, and the list goes on. They open their homes for regular hospitality, big and small, their houses always bustling with people from all walks of life. Women who give biblical counsel to other women and have helped them overcome addiction to alcohol, pornography, eating disorders, and much more. As a result, marriages and parenting that have been healed women who have taken on the difficult but beautiful pursuit of adoption. I wish I could go into detail about each one. These women are far from perfect. They are ordinary women who make mistakes, but they give much because they have been given much. What they have been given is undeserved, free and radical grace and forgiveness from the Creator God who owes them nothing but gives them everything. They take that gift and turn it into tangible love for others." Let me give a little illustration of what a woman's life is like who is submitted to God in all these areas. I live in Berkeley Springs, West Virginia, which was named after the warm springs in the middle of town. If you look in the springs really closely, you can see tiny bubbles coming up from the ground. It's very quiet, unassuming, and frankly doesn't seem like anything significant is happening. But people come from all over to visit these springs. They swim, fill up huge jugs of water to take home, and many have believed over the last couple hundred years that these waters have healing powers. That's what a woman fully and wholly submitted to God and worshiping Him is like. Just like those tiny bubbles, these women might appear like nothing significant is happening in the world's eyes, but her people and the people around her are loved, nurtured, cared for, and discipled. The gospel is bubbling up wherever she is, and people start coming from all around to get in on it too. We don't have healing waters, but we do have the wellspring of life, Jesus himself, reaching out to the world through a woman's worship, expressed through every area of her life. I hope you can see that all of life is an opportunity to worship Christ, and all of our lives are for Christ. This is what it looks like to worship him as Lord, our authority. So we gladly obey, we patiently labor, and we don't give up, and we use all the wonderful gifts he has given us to serve those around us, especially those closest. As we do all this, we are worshiping Jesus, and he is worthy. Let me close by reading a short verse from the book of Revelation, chapter 5, verse 12. Worthy is the lamb who was slaughtered to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. All the glory goes to him.
0: Okay, we're jumping on for one more thing. When I turn off the podcast, Audrey started telling me a story, and I thought... I really want everyone to hear this. So something that she was talking about had to do with, I guess, your sewing section? Something new? Yeah,
1: i just say Laura's forcing me back on here. <laughs> I am.
0: <laughs> she said, no, I don't want to. I said, no, I'm done. I'm done.
1: <laughs> so okay. writing, just real quick. Yeah, so, um, you know, after we moved here, I just sort of, sort of had this desire to write. It kind of seemed like it came out of nowhere. I've mm-hmm. never written anything in my life, really. I mean, I've had to write papers for school and stuff, but just never really had a desire to write. And I think what it stemmed from was maybe a lot of things, years of being able to counsel women, you know, one-on-one or just reading tons of books and taking in tons of books and taking in lots of information that has helped me or being counseled by other women. And learning from that. Mm -hmm. And um, I started to realize that in my thoughts, I was like in my head trying to figure out how I would counsel someone in a certain situation. I would be like, okay, if this happened, you know, what would I say? Mm -hmm. Ricky even tells me that if I'm dealing with something, he'd be like, how would you counsel someone, you know, doing that exact same or going through that exact same situation? Mm -hmm. And I just started to write stuff down because I thought, if anything, it would just help me gather my thoughts and kind of clarify what I'm trying to you know write and um, or trying to get out so I started doing that and I just had like notebooks and notebooks of stuff and then started putting stuff on the iPad and if anything it was just it was enjoyable for me and it just also helped me to think through you know how I would counsel someone in certain situations and then and then I thought well if anything the girls might read some of this someday and that might be helpful to them and then an opportunity popped up where I got an email to, I guess, uh, Acts 29 was um, reaching out pastor's wives, you know, to write for the blog or whatever. And I just thought, hmm, I wonder if I should try that. Like, I've never written anything. That's kind of scary. But I asked Ricky about it. And he said, I mean, you can try, go for it, you know. Um, So I wrote something out. And the first one, the first thing they, they didn't take, you know, which was fine. It was actually really good learning experience because I had to I tend to be long-winded and want to say the same thing in a bunch of different ways over and over again and I had to learn how to like be concise and figure out how can I say what I want to say in like one sentence rather than you know saying it three different times um, because it only had to be a certain number of words mm-hmm. so that was really helpful and then, so I just I was like that's cool good learning experience took it off the table and then I had this idea for another you know a blog post for them to consider and so I just tried it again and and they took that one what? um and so it was just it was just a good experience um is this published yeah it's on the x29 blog I think it's called it's just about uh pastor's wives being women of the word basically okay it's called dear pastor's wives come and eat and you know it was just something it was just a good learning experience so then after that I just kept writing stuff and I just was like maybe I should I don't even know if I'm good at this I don't know if or maybe I'm not good at it but I could learn mm-hmm. how to be better at it you know so if anybody knows any resources or things <laughs> that I that I should read let me know I know Misty told me about C.S. Lewis I think wrote something on writing but anyway what else happened Oh, Misty is writing a cookbook. Okay, and she at I, last. Yes, I'm <laughs> so excited about it. But I had posted something on social media about my excuse me great grandmother's recipe, mm-hmm. and she texted me and was like, "Oh my gosh, do you you know can you include this in, in this cookbook that I that I want to put together?" And um, she wanted me to just write a little something, you know, a little short something for it. And I had so much fun. It's not long. It's just this short little thing. And I just had so much fun writing for that. And so I sent that to her. And then I got asked to speak at this woman's conference. And that was really, that's, that's really, you were talking about being creative and people seeing it and it being open to critique and how scary that can be, you know. So, um, thankfully, they asked me in January. The conference was in April, and it took me probably that entire time to be ready for it, because <laughs> I've never done anything like that, unless you count public speaking class freshman year in college, which yeah. <laughs> which I don't count. So, you know, it's just pretty scary and nerve-wracking, but I had a lot of things that I had already written that were kind of that I could apply to that. Mm -hmm. And some of it was sort of copied and pasted from different things that I'd written and some of it was brand new. And Ricky helped me with it. And it was just a really neat opportunity. And it's just one of those things that we were talking about earlier where since moving here, God has either been stretching me in ways that, in in things that I was already doing, but also giving me like brand new opportunities that are really taking me outside of my comfort zone and
0: yeah so in a way I see it trailed back to where you just started this little section you started it with saying um wisdom that you got from other women and then coming here you had a lot of opportunities to be teaching and that reminds me of the Titus thing that came up in our conversation earlier Mm -hmm. and all of this uh all of these things didn't come out of you missing like the first things of Christ like the first things of part of following him part of what he wants from us women is to be you know learn from the wisdom of those before us but also be teaching and that's part of who we are as women and then look what's happened maybe you didn't even realize how you were obeying his form for you as a woman and doing those things and then now there's more opportunities he's trusting you with more of this. Um, and it's probably going to keep expanding. And that's why I had to get it on <laughs> <laughs> on the podcast because a call wasn't first to speak at the conference. What came first is just a desire to write things down. and mm-hmm. But it's tied as well to the humility of you to be in this give and take relationship with others and not you know, go it alone. Because what, what would be the character of someone who would not be able to do this freely in Christ? You'd have to be so sure of your own way that you wouldn't listen to others. Um, you wouldn't be the kind of woman someone wanted to listen to, (laughs) you know, you'd have to.
1: Yeah. I think too, it's like, you have to be okay with being bad at something Mm -hmm. so you can get better at it and be open to critique so that you can be, get better at something Mm -hmm. or even hold things so loosely that someone might even tell you, maybe this isn't something you should be doing. Yeah, Like I'm willing for someone to tell me that because I may be horrible at this. You know, I don't even know really, unless someone tells me. And I think we need to, we can't hold on to like desires and ideas and dreams so tightly that we're, we can't hear anybody say you know what, maybe this isn't what you're actually good at, you yeah. know, and but that what's cool about that is that gives you the freedom to pursue something that you actually could be good at, sure. you know, instead of trying to hold on to something, you know, um, but maybe you could be good at something mm-hmm. and you have to be open to hear what people say about it mm-hmm. so that you can, grow yeah you know and get better
0: you mentioned Elizabeth Elliott um, I can't remember which part of the conversation but I had just saw a picture of her and her husband the other day a picture I've never seen of them before um, they were just in a it was like a kind of a faraway picture and they were just doing something with a whole bunch of people around them and I was struck it was almost like as if I were in that moment just walking by and they seemed so ordinary so mm-hmm. ordinary and their impact is vast yeah. and um i was just humbled at how god uses us he he just uses the everyday person following him like we were talking about earlier it's like the daily trust um, and, uh, he sees i don't know value in in so much more than we do and mm-hmm. i don't know so that image of them was really helpful in my mind and it reminds me of what you're talking about just taking the stuff around you and being faithful to the lord No, with it so thank you for coming back on Yeah, and that's it everybody bye from West Virginia thank you for listening to the Whole Home Podcast a podcast that displays the unity of sisters in the local church and the way God so wonderfully gives us to each other in our uniqueness and in our sameness for his glory the stories we share weave together as one grand testimony to the work of Christ and his faithful presence in the garden of our lives remember The Master Gardener is always at work, so let's yield to Him and grow where we're planted.